What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. As the Nationals are struck away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, oh, great crossover. Got Just him. Let's <laughs> hey, That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh, handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of DC Crossover, episode number 59. We are almost at 60 episodes. Glad to have you with us. There's Mike holding up the numbers. I was trying to do it on the camera um, backwards. I couldn't do it. That is Mike Cerrone. I am Ben Simpson. You can find us on Twitter at the DC Crossover for myself, at Cerrone16 for Mike. Mike, I've considered branching out and making my own personal Twitter account okay. because I've always hidden behind the shroud of the, um, the brand that I am representing. So, like when it was the first pick, there was, I had a first pick Twitter here with the DC Crossover. I've got the DC Crossover Twitter. That's where I tweet. Um, and I don't tweet that much. Right. I, I use it more for information. I, I, I see what everybody else is tweeting, and then I get mad, and then I think, man, I really wish I would tweet about this, but I don't want to misrepresent the DC crossover brand. Yeah. Know? So I've considered getting my own personal Twitter, but I'm worried about it putting me in hot water. You know, mm, hot I water. know I'm not a big media personality in the scene, but at the same time, Mike, I mean... I've said some controversial things on this very podcast <laughs> and uh, that nobody listened to, probably. 
Um, and now if I put that out in the world with my name attached to it, I mean, who knows? TMZ might pick it up. Uh, NBC Sports might pick it up. I mean, Mike, I'm, I'm worried that uh, I might say things too controversial. Too controversial. Now, like, what would something that you would say that would be controversial? Like, give me, a, give me an idea. Like, you don't have to give me an example, but give me kind of like an idea, like a right. topic. Well, I think back when, I mean, I used to hate Marcin Gortat. Um, the Polish hammer. Like I, I probably would have said some bad things about him. I mean, I hate the Wizards broadcasters, and I hate the Nats broadcasters. So the current ones. Yeah, the current ones. Current ones. So I probably would have said. Clarify I probably that. would say some mean things about Justin Kutcher, and uh, you know that's controversial. It's controversial if I yeah. start like calling him out. Um, I said a lot of a lot of things about FP. I've even tweeted at FP saying things. I remember. I re- I bet you're muted. I bet you're muted by him. probably. <laughs> I don't really mute anybody. I, I muted one guy on our uh, from our D- DC crossover Twitter. Oh, really? Uh, I'm not going to say who. <laughs> I don't think he listens, but I, I muted him because it was like there's some people that I follow on Twitter that just I hate everything that they tweet. Like their opinions are either they're always like really salty or they're like always mad about something, and it's yeah. like, man, how can you always be mad? Like you're all this guy's always pissed on Twitter and he's always tweeting something that makes him look like an a-hole and it's always like dude like I can't like I'm not going to block you but I don't ever want to see your tweets ever again. Right. That's why the mute button's pretty nice. Now I will say. you need to tell me who this person is. Oh, after, after off air, off, off air. air. Uh, and I, I was just while you were talking I was looking at my blocked accounts, my personal ones. So far I have 29 right. people I've blocked. Wow, um, you've blocked 29. Yeah. Where can I see where can I see the block? Stuff. So if you go to on your Twitter, if you go to the Twitter, if you go to the three lines at the top left, uh huh, then hit settings and privacy, then settings go privacy, then go privacy and safety because we all have to be safe. And okay. uh, then you scroll down and it says blocked it says, accounts, yep, muted okay. and blocked accounts, stuff like that. I've, I've, only, I've only muted two. one person. I blocked two from our DC crossover account. Some guy named Hakeem underscore Ko and some guy named Kyle Lamb. So <laughs> I don't know what those guys did. I don't remember, um, but I blocked them. So if you are one of those two people and you're listening to the show, reach out to Etzerone16 and say, hey, guys, please unblock me. Um, I, 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 I definitely remember, not to interrupt you, but I definitely remember getting in an argument one time over Virginia Tech football or something. Right. And uh, a lot of people, whenever I tweet and I put a hashtag or something, it's usually like the homers, okay? Like the homers that live like five minutes from the stadium that are like, right. you know, uh, they, they, their, their takes are just ridiculous. Like you're, you're, you're talking about. They're saying, "Oh, well, Logan Thomas was one of the best wide or best uh, quarterbacks ever to play at Virginia Tech because he has these records." It's like, let's be honest here. No, he was not. Uh, if you watch the games, that you know, you, you don't just look at the, the the name on the back of the jersey and say, "Okay, well, that guy, he's on TV a lot, so maybe he was good." Um, but I remember this one time. It, I was at the movie theater, the Cineplex parking lot in the parking lot in Centerville, and I was sitting yep. there and arguing with this guy Ooh. through Twitter. And then this woman joins in, and she starts arguing with me, uh, or I guess at me, uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the guy. And apparently they didn't know each other because they didn't follow each other because I looked. And it just got me so furious that day to the point where I was like, I, 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 did, the, I did the stupid thing where I was like, uh, I, I'd say, I say the last word, and I put hashtag blocked, and then I blocked them so they couldn't say anything else to me. Um, Solid. Which, Solid move. Which makes you feel better inside. Because it does. It does. I mean, remember the famous move was when I got our show account banned, blocked by Brian Mitchell. 
Oh, remember, remember that B-Mitch, B-Mitch uh, from 106.7, uh, DC Crossover is officially blocked by him. So that's that's always something. Yeah. I don't know how to how to fix that. I but, th- didn't um, you tell me to tweet at him? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted you to get involved. And he, 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 I've he, only been in a couple tweet Twitter battles with the DC Crossover account. Because then there were some Astros fans oh. that, we got, that I got in a battle with back. Because there was some lady that was just, it was like, you're t- you can't, if, if you're an Astros fan at the time... It, it was like you you got to be quiet. you got to lay low. Your team just got yeah. like called out for cheating. Like you lay low. Put your head um, in the sand. Exactly, exactly. But no, I haven't gotten in too many t- Twitter battles. I will say the, the prime example of what you just said is like for uh, like somebody like a Homer, like somebody today uh, who shall not be named on Twitter was saying, "Hey, I mean, after yesterday's game, you know how Josh Bell finally got a hit? Right. People, are, someone on Twitter was like, "All right, now all you Josh Bell haters can shut up. Like, <laughs> the guy's still batting one four. You got a single." <laughs> <laughs> like what are you? I, I wanted to. I wanted to see. I, I would. I wanted to tweet this, that, yeah. but I didn't. I held back, Mike. I, I, I'm a little timid. Well, I texted our texter, and I was like, maybe that'll help Josh Bell get going. I didn't tweet it out and say like, oh yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's, a, he's an all star like, now. All you Josh Bell haters can suck it and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. His 140 average is really helping this team. Right, right. Well, we got a lot to get to on this show, so we'll stop just talking Twitter. Talking tweets, but like I said, follow us on Twitter at the DC Cross. If you want to get in a fight with me, follow me on Twitter at the DC Crossover. Follow Mike at around sixteen. Uh, also, the show is on YouTube. The la- latest episode's been put up there. We're putting more and more content out there. Please subscribe. We'll make sure to tweet the links out and things like that. All right, let's start the show like we do every show with a little bit of a recap of the previous week. Let's bring it back. From Monday through today, Sunday. Let's start with the Washington Wizards. Two and two week for the Wiz. Started off on Monday losing to San Antonio. 146-143 in overtime. The real deal, BL scores 45 points, but the Wiz lose. Their winning streak ended at 8. But then they came back on Wednesday. National TV game, ESPN. I was excited. I watched this game on Zoom with my cousins, basketball fanatics. We said, this is the game to watch, and the Wizards won. No LeBron, but the Wizards won. Westbrook had 18, 18, and 14. Good line from him. Big national TV game. The Wizards almost never get to play on national TV. So this was a fun one for them. Friday, beat Cleveland 122-93. Westbrook got his 31st triple-double with 15, 12, and 11. Raul Neto. Added 17 points as well. Saturday, 125-124. Crazy game. Dallas and Wizards. One-point game. Wizards lose. Luka, 31-20-12. Insane line from the kid. Westbrook had 42-10-9. Dorian Finney-Smith hits a shot with 9.2 seconds remaining. Bradley Beal misses the shot for the Wizards. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, two, two, two and two week for the Wiz. We'll talk more about them in a bit, but a uh, crazy, crazy week of games because that one was a wild one, 125-124. What about the Washington Capitals? Mike? Man, that Dallas game was crazy. I told you. What did I tell you about Luka? I told you he'll go out there and just have a crazy game. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. The Washington Capitals went one and two this week. Not a great week like they had the previous weeks, but Tuesday they beat the Islanders for the third game in a row, which was a huge uh, momentum booster uh, going later here in the season. Daniel Sprong once again scored the eventual game winner for his third goal in two games in place of the injured Ovechkin. Vanacek made 18 saves and the shutout 
First home game with DC fans since March 4th of 2020. Pretty crazy there. Thursday, they lost to the rival Pittsburgh Penguins 5-4 in overtime. I was at a bar with a few different Pittsburgh fans. Not happy with that one, getting yelled, yeah. at my, yelled in my face uh, about those people. And you know who you yeah, are. That's a rough Some one. people are listening to it. Um, <laughs> Cavs clinched the playoff spot uh, with uh, with the OT point, though. Tom Wilson forced overtime with a goal, uh, 14 seconds to go uh, in regulation. But Jake Gensel scored his 22nd to give Pittsburgh the OT win. And also Saturday, uh, as we record this on Sunday, yesterday they lost to Pittsburgh three nothing. Not that great of a game for the Caps. Kind of a dud in general. The Pens take first place in the East with that. Uh, but scored on three of their first 13 shots against Samsonov. So me and Ben, you were, we were talking about that prior, uh, about that off air and saying, hey, you know, Samsonov, he's possibly going to be the starter, but that was not a good showing from him. Uh, and still no Ovechkin or Carlson in that game. Both have lower body injuries, so we will talk about that briefly later on. On to the surging Washington Nationals. Yeah, surging Washington Nats 4-1 this week. Uh, I was a little worried about the Washington Nationals, but they proved me wrong. I mean, you lost the game on Tuesday to Toronto, 9-5. Vladdy Jr. went absolutely bananas against Scherzer. Three bombs, including a grand slam. Whoever had him in fantasy baseball was thanking their lucky stars because Vladdy Jr. just went insane. Wednesday, the next night, came back, beat Toronto, 8-2. Eric Fetty pitches six solid innings. Josh Harrison hits a three-run tater. Friday, Nats beat the Marlins 2-1 to in 10 innings. This was kind of a super quick, a little bit boring game. I mean, it was 0-0 for most of it. And then the Marlins scored in the top of the 10th. Uh, and then the Nats, Kyle Schwarber comes up with, of course, the runner on second rule in extra innings. Schwarber was the technically the first batter of the 10th inning for the Nats. He hits a two-run bomb, walk-off. That's all he does. He's Mr. Walk-off. He doesn't get you hits any other time <laughs> in the game, but you put him... At the plate, game on the line. He's going to bring it home for you. Saturday, beat the Marlins again, 7-2. Patrick Corbin finally came back. Ends his 10-game losing streak. Pitched seven solid innings. Nats get the win there. And then today, as we record on Sunday, beat the Marlins 3-1. Max Scherzer, complete game. Nine innings, five hits, one earned run, nine Ks, no walks. An absolute dazzling display for the Mac, for the ageless one, Billy, <laughs> I was Max about to say Scherzer. the same thing. <laughs> also, ended uh, after the game, post game, he had to rush over to the hospital. His wife having kids, another Ooh. kid, not maybe not two, <laughs> having, but having another kids. child, uh, another adding another <laughs> little Scherzer that we'll probably be seeing on the mound in twenty years. Um, and uh, yeah, Nats go four and one this week. And you know, Mike, with the Washington football team, I'm not sure how much you want to get into. It. We're going to talk about some of these picks right. um, in very very soon. But you know, you can at least mention shout out some of the first couple picks for the Washington football team because it did happen this week with the draft for the Washington football team. They had the pick 19 in the first round, uh, and they got Jamin Davis, inside linebacker from Kentucky. Kind of a controversial controversial pick in my opinion, uh, just the sole fact that they could have got a lot more offensive line help. But we will also get into that here soon. But some other nice needs they got later in the rounds, which we don't have to talk about too much later on, is Cameron Cheeseman, 
like that last name, Cheeseman. Uh, long snapper oh, yeah. from Michigan because they got rid of long-term uh, or long-time Washington football member uh, Nick Sunberg, long snapper. So they actually filled a need there, which is good. And they also got a few other guys that can they can uh, plug some holes uh, for special teams later in the rounds. But we will get into the main rounds, rounds pretty much one through four here coming up. Yeah, we might as well just get into that now, people. But that's your recap. We do that every show to give you a chance to, in case you, you miss some things throughout the week, you're a busy person, we're busy people. Sometimes you can't watch every single game that a D.C. sports team plays. This is your opportunity to hear a little bit about how those games went from your boys. But yes, for the first time on this show, I'm going to be playing this music here, Mike. The Washington football team. <laughs> for the first time. We are talking football, baby. I thought you were going to say something different. I thought you were going to say, football team, baby. Football <laughs> team, baby. Washington football team. Yes, we are talking football with the draft hap- uh, just happening um, over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of before we get into the pick, I will say, what did you think about as far as from a presentation perspective? And I didn't – I guess I missed the memo on the bit with the chair, the Roger Goodell oh, yeah. chair – because they said, I heard them say on the broadcast that like that is his like easy lazy boy or whatever. Well, that's what they say from Roger Goodell's basement. And I don't know who the fans were that got to sit in the chair, but there was always an awkward interaction when Goodell would walk out. I think he showed them the pick before he went up, and then he'd be like, "Yeah, you see that? Yeah." <laughs> and then he and then he went up to the podium and read it. It was very strange. It felt weird right. to me to have the person, the random fan. And it's weird to see like somebody with like all this like paint and gear and stuff just sitting there in a lazy boy like on a stage right. and Roger Goodell just walking by them being like, What's up, Brian? And then he goes and like reads the pick. It was a weird presentation for me. Yeah, I didn't understand the chair bit as well. I guess because last year's draft, they all had this asphyxiation over his basement. So I guess right, they wanted to right. I guess they were like, Oh, let's 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 you know put a little bit in there and put his stupid lazy boy, which we all know it probably was not his lazy boy. He probably went to no. like, you know lazy boy furniture and bought random one look like it 100 let's be honest 100%. here uh so i don't know what that whole entire thing was about i didn't really like the whole fan bit i i like it when the former players come out like the like the hall of famer players or anything like Definitely. that like if you have like i don't know it's like you know sunny jurgensen or, or someone like that coming out there and, and and doing a pick or something like that yeah those are great moments like pat mcafee with Indian, indianapolis a couple years yeah. back david acres um nate burleson did it for the detroit once like it's th- those are great. I, I'm with you because then it's like this is a guy who the fans all love that really represents the organization, and they come out and read the pick. That makes it for fun. But uh, I will say, I mean, uh, people love to complain about it, but I, I agree. I mean, uh, it takes forever right. for these guys to read the picks. Yeah. I mean, like you get the ten minute clock. And then they say the pick is in, and then it takes 10 more minutes before they finally read the pick. Yeah, that's the one thing I do hate about it, because especially in the later rounds, when you're watching uh, rounds you know, three or four or five, whatever, and they go like one by one, they're going really quick, and then they're right. sitting there and they're like, the pick is in, and all of a sudden they're like... All right, it's just uh, we'll wait for this this linebacker out of you know Tulane to be called or something like that. It just makes no sense. So I definitely get a little irked about that as well, especially in the early like first round when they're like, "Oh, the pick is in." Everyone's all like all amped up. And they're like, well, where, "Where are we gonna go? Where what's gonna what's gonna happen? Are they gonna pick this guy? Are they gonna pick this guy?" <laughs> oh, I guess we'll wait for the next three minutes. Um, and and then it just it just it just kind of tilts me a little bit, but. Yeah, definitely the chair thing was weird. I think the fan, like I said, the fan thing is weird where it's like they have like, 
like you know, a, a bone dog or whatever for the Cleveland Browns or or or, or some right. random guy that's sitting there is like decked out in pants. Like, bro, it's it's the draft. Like, let's come on, let's sit back and in your chair and watch so obsessed, it. That everyone's so obsessed with this year being like. Don't worry, Roger Goodell's vaccinated, so players can give him hugs. And like that's what we all want to see. It's like, no, we don't really care about the <laughs> Roger Goodell hug thing. Now, look, I we do care from a fan perspective. It's like, yeah, it's awesome for these guys to see them get drafted after what you you can assume are just years and years of hard work, and right. especially guys that maybe come from families where there's there's not a lot of money, and then now this is an opportunity to be bringing their family like you know wealth and things like that like that part is is cool that's what i like about the draft you like the emotion that some of these guys show but i don't give a crap about roger goodell giving these guys hugs i don't really care about that part i care more about like you know uh seeing these guys experience uh you know getting drafted for the first time and all that sort of stuff but it's just i mean and i don't know who sits around and watches rounds like Three and four and things like that. I actually did a little bit. I don't know how you. I don't know how you can do that. I kind of zoned with, out with so many other sports on. I don't know how you can get up for like round four of right. the NFL draft. Yeah, I, I, all, all I did because obviously round four is the the last day, I believe. It's it's two and three. So I I watched two yeah. and three. Correction, I watched I watched okay, two and three. Okay. Not the, right, not the right. fourth one. Um, but right. uh, yeah. Well, well, I also did see the pick for the the Washington football team in round four, and I was like. What, this guy's like ranked ninth in his position. Anyways, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. But um, yeah, definitely was a crazy little little situation. I don't know if I like it being in Cleveland and all that kind of stuff. Like, why can't you have it in like a like a show me city, like a Vegas or something like that, where sure you know people can have a, have a huge party like outside T-Mobile Arena or whatever. Um, but who knows? I mean, what, what, well, who what they might have contracts. Who knows behind the scenes? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's that. nice to see fans there again. And, like, it was kind of cool sometimes to see them, like, high-fiving the players as they were coming down the podium and stuff like that. Like, I, I like some of that stuff. I, yeah. I think that was cool. Um, and hopefully by the time next year's draft rolls around, they'll probably be packed because, like, everybody will be vaccinated. So we'll, we'll be good. But, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was okay. I mean, there, there's definitely some weird moments here and there. But let's get into the Washington football team. Let's do and, it. and first things first, Mike, I want to present you some of the grades that some organizations Ooh. have given the WFT as far as on their draft performance. So DraftWire gives them an A+. Oh. Pro Football Focus, A-. minus. NBC Sports, A-. minus. NFL.com, B+. Sports Illustrated, B+. The Ringer, B+. Uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., a B. Washington Post, a B. Sporting News, a B. Pro Football Network, B. The Score, B. DraftKings Nation, B. New York Post, B-. minus. Um, so, all in all, I'd say people are pretty positive mm-hmm. about the draft from the Washington football team, at least from these outlets. Right. These are not fans. You know, these are organizations like the Ringer and Pro Football Focus and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think it seems like at least that this, you know, I almost said the Redskins, <laughs> the Washington football team did pretty well. I mean, that's the perspective from the organization. I want to hear your perspective initially. Um, before we get into individual players and things like that, what would you give this team as far as a, a, a draft grade? A draft grade for me, I would definitely not go all the way to an A plus or even an A A. In a general. plus seems a little extreme. I mean, A plus yeah. is like I mean, you hit you know five Pro Bowlers. Like, let's, I don't yeah, think, I don't think yeah. we got that here. But uh, no, in my opinion, I would say I would lean towards a B minus, maybe a B at max. Ooh, okay, um, okay. Just because I would say not going just solely on the players, looking at the strategy here. Sure. Because in my opinion, the defense, they performed 
great last year. I mean, they were a top, I think at one point they were a top three defense, possibly. I might be completely wrong with that, but I think they finished. No, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they finished in like at least the top like six or seven defenses in the entire NFL. And that's the biggest thing that I look at is why are we still drafting? I mean, obviously, maybe a linebacking thing because that's where we lost a lot of players um, in, in, our, in our whole entire uh, roster. But when it comes down to your third pick, you know, third rounders, you can find good players in, thir- in the third round. Terry McLaurin was a third rounder. So why are right. we drafting a corner uh, in the third round? We just got William Jackson for three years. We, ha- we have, um, uh, what's his face, uh, 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 Kendall Fuller. I mean, we got guys that can play corner, and then we got Cameron Curl last year in the seventh round as a safety. I don't understand why we're still going for secondary. Now, I said that last year that we needed secondary help. That was before Cameron Curl came out of, of this, this, this whirlwind of a seventh round that he just like blew on the scene and almost became a fringe pro bowler last year as a rookie. It just makes me wonder a, a little bit, why are we still going defense because – you need to bolster that offense. The offense was not good last year. And I understand yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger and just goes out there and he, he he's multiple times said it on radio, on TV, different things. He's going to give his guys chances. He doesn't care if he goes out and throws 50 picks. He's going to say, these guys are out here to play football. I'm going to give them a chance. I don't care about my stats. And that's why he's been in the round in the league so much because all his teammates love him because he's going out there and giving them shots. You know, it's like, think about last year. You know, guys that aren't getting the deep balls or, or, or whatever it may be that aren't getting those stats that they pro- possibly could be getting because of the sole fact that, you know, for Alex Smith's reason, Alex Smith is more so a conservative quarterback. You know, th- we don't want to call him a game manager because he, w- he won a lot for us in those, you know, that, that span that he was playing. But at the same time, you want to get your stats. You want to get yours, as they like to say. So, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to do that. But why aren't we, you know, drafting somebody – to help him and to keep him upright in the first round. I, I, I still don't understand why we didn't get a tackle in the first round. And I, I'll get into that in a second with, with particular players and stuff like that. But it just I just cannot go up to an A uh, because we didn't fill uh, immediate needs uh, rather than just getting uh, depth guys for the defense that's already been successful. The corner pick, uh, Benjamin St. Just out of Minnesota, very strange pick. Right. I, I agree with you because it was it is a position that – Maybe you maybe I mean you look at a safety maybe at that spot or a wide receiver in that spot or like you said maybe some more O line help you know something like that and and going with a cornerback in a, in a position that, that he's it's going to be a struggle for him to make the lineup uh, because of the the position and then the other pick that stuck out to me um, that I didn't love was the John Bates pick the tight end out of Boise State yeah I think that was another situation where not a superior athlete. I think a guy that, um, you know, because you are looking for to try to find a number two tight end for this team. Um, and he, there were some other guys on the board that might have been a little bit better in that spot, like a Brevin Jordan or something like that. So those were the two picks that really stuck out to me as picks that I little unsure. I didn't even love the cheese man pick either, um, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, I'd say and let's get into as far as you know, individual picks and kind of if we liked or didn't like. So first off the Jim and Davis pick um, right off the bat, I think is uh, I know, I know you probably would have liked an offensive tackle or somebody like that in that spot, but people really like this guy, six yeah. foot four, 234 pound linebacker, uh, a four, four, eight, 40 yard dash, a 42 inch vertical, just a sick athlete. Um, he's got, he's got height. He's got athleticism. 
Um, and he's going to be playing with a, a great defensive line. He's got the physical, uh, you know, he's got high character and things like that, they say. Um, but I, I, so I think this guy, I think we will like this pick in, in overall. Um, but I'm with you where, you know, could there have been other guys on the board at that pick? Yeah. But at the same, I mean, that you had, who else right there? You had Christian Darisaw, Caleb Farley. There were some other guys that were possibly there, um, but they, they went with Jamin Davis. And, and uh, first of all, you look at the picture of him online. I mean, the guy's got abs up to his neck. I mean, the guy's a sick athlete. Right. I mean, I really wish I looked like Jamin Davis. Um, uh, as far as grading that individual pick, I, I've seen some outlets given that pick maybe like an A- minus or a B plus. Um, I'm probably in that category. I think a solid B plus for Jamin Davis. Um, what were your thoughts when you saw the Redskins take him at, at what, 19? Yeah, it was at 19, and I don't know yeah. – I didn't know too much about Jamin Davis, and, uh, and and that's the biggest thing is that I don't watch Kentucky football. The only Kentucky game I've probably right. ever seen is is the one they played for Virginia Tech, and that's the biggest thing is I didn't really know too much about him, and he's only a, like a one-year uh, like a, a one starter. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is you're looking at different things of the defense, of what – was the biggest concern on the defense. And obviously the linebacking core was the biggest concern because they lost guys like Sean Dion Hamilton, like um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on uh, on, uh, on uh, Ryan Anderson. Uh, so I knew his yeah. name was Ryan, but I was, I was, I was thinking of something else. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Kerrigan as well. Uh, you're losing a lot of these guys. I mean, Ruben Foster, he didn't play for us, but he was still on the roster. So that's right there. That's a bunch of linebackers that got out. So they wanted to get a little bit more youth at that spot and also get somebody whose versi- uh, versatility is, is through the charts, and that's what Jamin Davis is. And 6'4", 235, just like you said, I mean, 12 million pack abs. I mean, it's just like this guy is just built different, and that's the biggest yeah. thing is – they're saying, I think, that he's more of a high ceiling guy rather than a, you know, bona fide, you know, a baller guy going out sure. there and just and just gonna, you know, like like a Micah Parsons or something like that. Everyone's saying, oh, he's a sure pro bowler or something like that. They're looking at this guy and saying, maybe not a pro bowler at the start, but possibly after a year of development, he's gonna be, uh, you know, one of the leaders on this defense as a whole. Um, and also, that's the biggest thing is that they wanted somebody on the interior because also John Bostic is uh, 31 years old and he's he's losing a step uh, here. They, they they said in some of their post draft analysis. So you're looking at him to possibly take that that that, that Mike linebacker role and be that in, that middle linebacker that's going to take you to the next level in that front seven uh, with the with you know run stuffing and different things of that nature because that's what he's that's what he's prideful on right now is run stuffing. That's what they're talking about is he's a run stopper. So they said that right now he's still learning because he's only been one year in the system and all that kind of stuff at Kentucky that basically – or one-year starter, I should say – at Kentucky that they're looking at him more so as being this developmental guy that's going to go out there, like you said, high character, uh, and and just go out there with a high motor to make sure that this front seven is secure enough that no one's going to be able to run the ball. So everyone's going to have to go and throw against Kendall Fuller and William Jackson and now uh, St. Juice, as you mentioned as well, with also Cameron Curl on the back end. So we'll have to see what happens. I wasn't too like, like, oh, this pick sucks. Like I wasn't like that. But right. I, I still would like them to lean a different way uh, and go offensive line in that pick. And I said it multiple times, but they went with Jamin Davis, and I can't be too uh, too unhappy about that, I should say. 
Yeah, especially adding to a defense that is already a terror, like you talked about earlier. And this is a, a defense that's just really, really good. You add another athletic freak like him with a high upside. Right. And, you know, that, that, that could make things interesting. No, they did end up going offensive tackle with their 51st pick, their second rounder, the offensive tackle out of Texas. Um, and this is a guy who, Samuel Cosme, who uh, another kind of high upside guy. Um, it's a position where Cornelius Lucas uh, is, I guess, his future is a little bit unclear after this year, 2021. So you add, um, you know, you add a guy like Cosme, who's a high upside guy, um, and people seem to like him as far as athleticism. He's got power. Uh, he's got that kind of natural talent, and you know, that's a position that you were hoping they they would add to, and they did. And they bring in that guy from Texas, and that could end up working out nicely. Well, Samuel Cosme is not a bad player. Let's just put it that way. We also talked about that this draft, especially in the second to third round, is just loaded with off- offensive linemen, which was good. And I think that's why they leaned towards Davis in the first round, because they wanted to get that star player uh, or potential star player in the first round and then say, we're going to lean on somebody in the offensive line for that left tackle spot you know, in the second round. And I think... He's it, it, not, not a bad player, but if you look at the guys ahead of him, we could have easily got somebody like a Christian Darisol, which I am favored for because I'm a huge tech guy, leaner and stuff like that. But bias aside, that guy is an athletic freak. Samuel Cosme, the the the, the things that were knocking him were his his knees because they said that he he's too high when he's blocking, so he can't bend down as far. So to look at like a guy like Robert Mathis or Dwight Freeney that are like athletic freaks that are leaning over that they're like <laughs> right next to the ground when they're getting around guys. Like right. they say that he's gonna have trouble with those type of players. And you're looking at all these other guys on this list that are offensive tackles. Now your Detroit Lions got Sewell, so you know you, you should be pretty decent happily about that because you're gonna have a I left am. tackle. And uh, but we weren't gonna obviously get that, but. Guys that went in the teens near where the WFT were, were, were drafting, Alex Leatherwood, uh, Rashawn Slater. So those guys got picked in like the mid-teens, so we didn't have a chance to get those guys. But again, a Darisaw, a Tevin Jenkins, uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Some of these guys that were rated higher uh, and that had higher upside. But I think Samuel Cosme is not a Trent Williams-type left tackle. Now, we're not saying that because Trent Williams got picked in the top five. But when you look at him this way, he, he's just that guy that has uh, the, the fundamentals. And a lot of people go out there and they say, well, this guy is just, you know, whoever you, you want to pick. This guy is just a huge body. This guy is like a tank out there. We can work with him. We can work with him. But they're saying Cosme is that type of player that has the fundamentals, that gets his hands inside, can push people around, and just kind of set that edge. Now, they're not saying that he's the best athlete like a Trent Williams is because Trent Williams, I mean, you'd see him running outside almost as fast as the running backs, you know, getting out there when he's pulling. But, you know, you're looking right. at him and saying hopefully – Maybe not this year, but next year he can, you know, kind of be one of those premier left tackles, at least in the NFC East, if not in the whole entire NFC. So we shall see what happens. I'm not, uh, you know, upset with that pick either. I'm glad they went off in the tackle. I think they were a little bit wor- like worrisome once, obviously, in the second round. Four offensive tackles went before their pick. Uh, so they were like, okay, we have to go offensive tackle here. But at the same time, not terrible. I just think that, you know, going back to what I was saying about Jim and Davis, I saw a lot of mock drafts had uh, the WFT picking, um, who was it, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, uh, yep, the yep. linebacker from Notre Dame. And this is the thing that I have a little little worrisome on. Now, I understand that people were saying, you know, oh, yeah, you know, he's going to get picked so early. And, you know, no one was biting the bullet, though. That's the problem. No one was biting the bullet. And they're saying that like, he was like a Micah Parsons. He was one of he's probably the top two uh, inside linebacker in the entire draft. The difference is that he got picked 
one pick after we got uh, Cosme. So we could have technically had him uh, or got an offensive tackle that is rated better and uh, Koromoa. So they, but I think that they're saying that Jamin Davis is a better fit for uh, Ron Rivera's system uh, and Jack Del Rio's system. So that's the one thing I, I looked back and I was like, man, we could have we could have did a little bit better than that one. But that's also you know rolling the dice and seeing if if Cormo is still going to be there. Now in hindsight, he he was, but you know that's that's just in hindsight. You know we could have got that guy and a better offensive tackle uh, that was rated higher. But you know they they still address two needs, so you know you can't be too too upset about it. Some other picks to point out. I mean, Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina. People like him as far as adding to that receiver core, um, a guy that you can maybe run slants with or just run a bomb with or something like that, a good, talented guy. The Derek Forrest pick, the, the safety from Cincinnati, the, once, uh, the, the fifth rounder, people kind of like that pick as well. You're a big Cameron Cheeseman <laughs> fan. Um, so I know, you like that. <laughs> I know you like that pick as, as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, anybody else stick out to you as somebody where you're like, oh, I'm really glad that the that the, sk- uh, the skins, that yeah. the Washington football team was able to snag him? I think it's going to happen that we're going to keep calling him that for yeah, the next yeah. five years probably. But anyways, uh, John Bates, as you mentioned before, he's more of a blocking tight end. I think he only had like uh, like 12 catches or something like that this past uh, season for Boise State. But he's more of a blocking tight end. I think they were more more so leaning towards uh, having Logan Thomas be that that number one, that pass catcher that's going to go out there and, and focus on pass catching rather than blocking. And they said, I think John Bates is going to come in there. And it, round four is a little high, if you ask me. They could have gotten him possibly in, the round, in round five, possibly. But at the same time, you're looking at John Bates and thinking that, they're trying to get Antonio Gibson more more yards in the ground rather than through the air. So I think they're going to have him go out there and have those six uh, d- down linemen, or I should say five down linemen with the six uh, blocker in Bates out there because Bates is a big boy. I think he's like 6'5", like 250 or something like that. So they know that he can block, but they also said that he's possibly just like a safety valve, maybe like in goal line situations and stuff like that to pass, pass catch. Uh, Deami Brown. He's going to go out there and try to commit or, or c- compete with uh, guys like Isaiah Wright and Cam Sims and uh, also my boy uh, Kelvin Harmon, who I can't right. wait to see this year as well. Uh, he's going to go out there and try to compete uh, also with uh, Adam Humphreys as well. They picked up him as well. Uh, and he's six one. He's a big body. He doesn't have the fastest speed. He does run a 4-4, uh, but at the same time, he's more so uh, a guy that can track the deep ball, as you just mentioned, with the long ball. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, as I mentioned earlier, can, can just chuck it all he the way He wants to the bomb it. Yep, he wants it to is. bomb it. And Benjamin St. Juice, as you mentioned earlier as well, he is more so a depth corner. Uh, he's not going to compete for the f- top two jobs. He's going to probably be a slot corner, but you can never get too many corners. That's, uh, that's the biggest thing. Um, but you're also looking at him and his length. They said that he's more so a uh, 50-50 winner rather than a playmaker. He's not like a D'Angelo Hall that's going to go out there and try to get four picks against Jay Cutler. He's going to go out there and try to you know win with his size, and he's 6'3". It has like literally his arms are like go-go gadget arms. Uh, so you look at him, and he's going to basically go out there and just try to compete, um, possibly, which I did like when I saw it today, they might move him to safety because the, the rumor Ooh. is Landon Collins will be moving down to linebacker and be that run-stuffer slash tackler. Which that's oh, what, that would be dope. Because that, yeah. that's what he prides himself in is around the line of scrimmage. So don't have him out in coverage. Have him down there and being a rush linebacker or also just a run-stopper with, uh, uh, with um, Jammin and also John Bostic and Cole Holcomb. Now, that would be sick to have them there. Uh, but they yeah. said that Benjamin St. Juice could possibly move to safety, kind of like what Earl Thomas did when he got drafted by the Seahawks. 
So we'll see how that plays out. And again, we'll be talking more and more about Washington football team as the summer progresses as we get closer to training camp. But it was kind of fun to have some football-related activity here um, for the first time since the Super Bowl. And again, this is a really big year for this team. I mean, this is something that, you know, whatever they had cooking last season kind of started to get more and more coverage. The defense is finally starting to get more and more coverage. I mean, this this is a really interesting year for, for the Washington football team, and especially with Fitzmagic now behind center. Mm-hmm. This this could be something to watch. So Mike and I will definitely be continuing to follow the storylines here um, as they break throughout the summer. But it was always good to talk a little NFL draft. Feel free to give us your grade for the draft if you'd like. Tweet us at Saron16 or at the D.C. crossover. we got to touch on some other teams real quick because uh, we wanted to spend the majority time on football talk, but we'll, we'll talk a little basketball. The Washington Wizards. Just want to touch on the boys on the court. Washington Wizards, 29-35, 10th in the Eastern Conference. Currently in the playoff hunt. Oh, yeah. They are in. We're hunting. The season We're hunting. ended the season ended today, what did I send you? They'd play Indiana, I believe. Yep, Indiana, um, Milwaukee, yeah. Toronto, Indiana, two Atlantas, uh, Cleveland, and a Charlotte. Sure, but if the, if the, if the season ended today, Oh, you're talking about playoff the playoff. Play-off. Oh, sorry. I thought yeah, you were talking about the schedule. They would play Indiana, which is funny because they play Indiana. Sorry, I was, I was opening but, up my Corona. Sorry. No, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> he's, already had a, he's already had a few. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, you're right. Eight games to go for the Washington Wizards. If the season ended today, they would be the 10th seed. They would play the Pacers for the, in the play-in game there. Um, the tough thing is you have to kind of win two play-in games yep. in order to get into the playoffs. Um, so the get that trying, trying to improve their draft position, and they have the opportunity to do so. I mean, this game against Indiana tomorrow is huge. Um, the game against uh, – they've got two left against Indiana. Yep. I mean, those are both really big games. The games uh, against Toronto – the game against Toronto is pretty big too. Toronto's still trying to fight their way in. Um, they've got two against Atlanta, as you mentioned, Mike, and they've got a Cleveland and a Charlotte, as well as a Milwaukee Bucks game in the mix, too. So eight games. Um, there's four of them this week, so half of what's left. So, I, I mean, I guess, and we talked about it a little bit last week, that this is making it fun to watch the Wizards right now. It's, it's right. the fact that and, – and three or four episodes ago, we even posed the question, like, why should you watch this team? Because, again, they were so bad at the time. Well, now you know why you should watch this team, because they're in the playoffs right now. Um, yep. And that, that that's a good reason to watch them is to because Russell Westbrook is putting up forty five point triple doubles and Bradley Beal is putting up thirty five plus and these role players are actually playing pretty well right now and uh, I mean even Robin Lopez Michael's favorite player um, <laughs> had like eight points or something the other night so these are some big games though Mike I mean if you drop two against Indiana uh, I mean here's the thing the Wizards could still fall out of the playoffs so yep. these these games up here are so important. Any of these matchups that you really have your eye on as far as from these final eight games? For, for, for me, it has to come down to the last two games of the season. Now, we could be already out of it at that point, but I think when it comes down to Cleveland and Charlotte, those are two winnable games, especially with two stars and Beal and Westbrook playing as they are. So you have to win those games no matter what. Those have to be penciled in as Ws, and you have to win those. I would say you have to at least split the ones with Indiana and split the ones with Atlanta, and then uh, it comes down to a toss-up, I think, with Milwaukee and Toronto. Milwaukee, I don't know what their their final was today against the Nets, uh, but at the same time, but Milwaukee's, you know, they're, they're they're on fire right now. I mean, Giannis is playing out of his mind, uh, and, and Toronto, Toronto, like I said last week, 
uh, they're, they're just always hurt, but you never know with them. And they got kind of screwed over my upset pick this week. Um, but anyways, uh, that's besides the point. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just Bucks, think that... by the way, Bucks beat the Nets today, 117-114. Giannis had 49 points. Yep, there you go. Eight rebounds, four assists. Giannis is turning it on here yep. at the end of the season. Outdueled Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had 42, and Giannis had 49. Right. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's 91 points between those two guys. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. That, that is that is insane. That's that that's the thing just to answer your question. Like I said, <laughs> the last two games have to be penciled in as Ws, but you have to split the series between Indiana and Atlanta uh, just to give yourself a solid shot. But how many games they're winning right now uh, against some quality ball clubs as well with Golden State uh, and Los Angeles even though LeBron wasn't playing at that time, he didn't return at that sure. time. But I mean, they lost two of the last you know, two of the last four by a combined four points. So, you know, the one went to overtime, and that one could have gone either way because they were leading, I think, late in that game by, I think, what was it, nine or, tw- or ten uh, against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Dallas game, uh, Westbrook just really irked me because he didn't get that, that tenth assist to give me that parlay win. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, uh, we, t- we talked about it in our text, right? It's like they are fun to watch. And when they're w- – yeah. it's not just because they're winning. It's because they're they're winning and, and, and they're playing better. They're, they're not letting in 125 points on defense. You know, some of these games obviously have that. But, they're, I mean, some of the games, like, for instance, against Oklahoma City both times, under 110 points, that's under their average. You know, uh, Cleveland both times, I mean, th- th- Cleveland 93 and 110, under their average. So, so they're playing good. Even though those two teams are not that great, they still have – star players. Darius Garland was playing great for a while, and Jared Allen's still on that team, and Kevin Love, and all these guys. So it's like you're looking at it, and they're playing better. It's just fun to see them go out there and have fun and win and have something at stake. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, it adds a whole nother level, and uh, because if the team was way out of it at this point, there's no way we're sitting around watching mm-hmm. the next eight games. I mean, there's just no chance. But now, it gives you a reason to tune in, especially when you're competing against these other teams in the district that are playing. I mean, with baseball season going on, with the Caps and their playoff hunt as well. Um, so, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how these next eight games go. We'll kind of break down the last, the previous four next episode. We'll talk about that week, those, those two Indiana games, the Milwaukee game and the Toronto game. So, keep an eye as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. Another team headed into the playoffs, actually clinched the playoffs this week. The Washington Capitals. Washington Capitals, 32-14-5, and 69 points, currently sitting second in the East with five games to go. Mike, you got the Rangers twice, you got the Flyers twice, and then you finish off the season with the hated Boston Bruins. Um <laughs> You know, we talked about it earlier when we were recapping it. I mean, three straight wins against the Isles was something that probably wasn't anticipated. That was not something that we expected. I mean, two out of three, would have, we would have been really happy with. But actually beating them all three games. And then you play the Pens twice and you lose twice. Two tough games, a shutout, as well as the overtime loss. Um, but five games to go. Second place, this team's already clinched their playoff spot. As a fan, what are you expecting from them over the next five games? I mean... Uh, obviously you want everybody to be healthy. You want them to have a little momentum heading into the playoffs. You want a goalie to maybe get hot in one of these games and kind of carry that into the postseason. Um, I mean, would you be happy if they split both the Rangers series and the Flyer series, and then you take that final win against Boston and you, you go three and two over the next five? Is that something you're kind of looking for? I mean, for the next five, I'm hoping that they can at least go, say, three, one, and one or something of that nature. 
um, because New York is pretty much out of it. Now, I said last week that New York has a really good shot of getting in because at that point, they're only down, I think, four points. And that's two games right there. And they also, I believe at the time, had uh, had two against Boston or something of that nature. I forgot exactly what it was. Um, but Philadelphia already out of it. They've already been eliminated. New York is now eight points back. So a catastrophic meltdown by the Bruins needs to happen uh, for the Rangers to actually make it. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is when you're coming into these last games, what is Philly going to do? Is Philly going to try to play spoiler? Or is Philly just going to you know wave the white flag and just go out there and just basically skate around like they're in the Olympics? You know, uh, you know, as figure skaters, you know, just like just hang hang out and just skate around. Um, but I don't think Philly is going to be do, doing all that kind of stuff um, because it's always nice to be a spoiler. You know, you want to go out there yeah. and you want to spoil people's uh, positioning or anything like that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, not exactly sure. Uh, how it's going to come out uh, with the Rangers series because the Rangers are technically still in it, so they're still going to fight. But the biggest thing, I think, like you mentioned, is the injuries and stuff like that. We want to make sure everyone's healthy, and we want to make sure that Ovechkin comes back, maybe, hopefully, gets a game or two under his belt to kind of get his his legs back underneath of him. Uh, You know, and I'm not worried that they're they're taking their time because I think they know, hey, we're in the playoffs. We're either going to play one of these three teams. Who knows? I mean, we played them a million times. It's not like we we don't have any tape on them. So I think that they're just trying to take Ovechkin slow right now. Carlson is also a little, a tiny bit of a concern because he's our number one defenseman, uh, and and that obviously hurt us in the Pens uh, last game as well. So I just think when it comes down to these last five games, they have to get healthy. And like you mentioned also, they have to get a goalie in place for the playoffs. None of this switching back and forth kind of stuff because that's not going to work in the playoffs. Because, you know, if a guy like Sam Sonoff is, you know, he didn't have a great game last game. But if he's sitting on the bench and he sits on the bench for two games, he's going to get cold. He's not going to, you know, pick up the pads, just go out there and start saving everything that that comes his way. You got to get someone in a groove. So I think Laviolette... Needs to go out there and maybe I I would assume by the end of the Rangers series when you got three games at home and you got you know familiarity with you know the ice and all this kind of stuff who you, you got to pick somebody I think you know Vanek has played two of the last three games so I think Samsonov is going to pick tomorrow or play tomorrow then Wednesday is probably Vanek and I think after that he's going to sit there and say all right we're going to go with so and so if you were the coach who would you go with in this situation if you had the opportunity would you go with Vanacek, or would you go with uh, Samsona? I mean, I, I, was, I told you beforehand we should, we should go over the goalie situation, but we can possibly save that for next week when, right before the Boston last game, uh, sure. But unless they already made a decision by then, uh, which I hope they do. If I had to pick one, I'd honestly – I was leaning towards Samsonov before yesterday. Before last night, yeah. I was leaning towards Samsonov, but seeing as he let in three goals and 13 uh, shots – that wasn't a good sign. And Van- Not great. And Vanacek, you know, he, he did play against Pittsburgh the, the, the day before, uh, or on Thursday, I should say, and they lost that game. But uh, that was just a hard-fought battle because it was back and forth the entire time. Uh, but then Vanacek had the, had the shutout, you know, and then and Samsonov had a shutout two, two days prior to that on, on the 22nd. So you're looking at it, and I just I think I would lean towards Vanacek at this point. Uh I'm not saying that Samsonov should not be starting. Uh, I just think that at this point in time, Vanacek has more games under his belt this year. Samsonov is still a young pup, and I think that if he goes in there, we could have a situation on our hands, kind of like the Grubauer and Holpe situation uh, in the cup run, uh, where Samsonov is pretty much the quote-unquote starter, but Vanacek has been playing well enough to be the starter to start the playoffs. But also, I I think it also has to come with matchups. As well, because depending on who we play, 
they can yeah. go through the plethora of games so far and just say, oh, we're playing the Isles. Well, you know, Ilya has been playing fantastic about uh, against them all year. So who knows? I just hope that they make a decision before our three-game homestand against Philly and Boston so that guy can kind of get a lot of reps in there and, and, and put his mind there and, and also kind of have the other guy be a supporting cast rather than saying like, oh, well, I'm fighting for that spot too. So they're, they're, they're kind of like, you know, kind of battling each other, which we don't really want. Current uh, playoff picture right now in the East. You got the Pens at 71 points, Caps right behind them at 69, Isles with 67. And then, as you mentioned, you got the Bruins, and technically the Rangers are not out of it. Bruins at 66 points, the Rangers at 58, both those teams fighting for the fourth spot. In the Central, you've got Carolina with 75, Tampa with 73, Florida with 73. And then you've got Nashville and Dallas both fighting for the fourth spot. Nashville with 58, Dallas with 55, and the Blackhawks technically still in it at 50 points. I mean, they'd have to go on a hell of a run, and meanwhile, they're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, In the North, in the Canadian division, you still have four teams fighting for three spots um, because you got Toronto, who's out of it at 71, uh, and I guess technically Vancouver, because of games played, is not out of it yet either. Um, who's down at the, at the bottom of the division because technically they need to make up some ground. So you got Toronto, the only team that's cl- uh, clinched at 71. you got Edmonton at 62, Winnipeg 57, Montreal 55, Calgary 47, Ottawa's out at 43, and Vancouver with 41 because they played 45 games. And, but they've lost four in a row. I don't think Vancouver is going to take a playoff spot. No. Um, but that's a fun battle there. And then in the West, you've got Vegas Golden Knights with 74, uh, Colorado with 70, Minnesota with 68, and then you've got four teams fighting for one spot. But it's likely going to come down to the Blues or the Coyotes there uh, for the four spot. But San Jose is still in at 45 points. The Kings at 44. My Detroit Red Wings, Mike, unfortunately, uh, are not going to make the playoffs Ooh. this year. Um, but they were not the worst team in their division. <laughs> um, so you got to celebrate that because, well, at least right now they aren't. The season's not over yet, but the Red Wings, 45 points. Columbus forty. Well, the Jackets have two less games played, so <laughs> it might change. Yeah, that, that <laughs> might that might change. But uh, keep an eye on the playoffs here, as the Caps have four big games coming up this week. An action-packed four games. So let's get into the forecast, um, and we'll start with the Wizards, though, before we talk about the Caps. The Wizards have a game against Indiana on Monday, as we mentioned. Then they're at Milwaukee on Wednesday, at Toronto Thursday, at Indiana Saturday. A lot of road games for the Wiz to wrap up the season, Mike. Um, you know, the Indiana series, you'd love to take them both. I'd be happy if they split Milwaukee. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I mean, that could be your upset pick of the week if you'd like, but I think, uh, no, I, 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 I might <laughs> lean bucks in that one. We'll Toronto. I think the wizards need to win in that Toronto game. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are having a really weird year. They're not playing as well, but they're still fighting for the playoffs as well. I think the Wizards have to win that Toronto game. I think you have to at least take one of the Indiana games. You lose the game to Milwaukee, nobody's going to be crying about it. I mean, that's that's yeah. bottom line. Yeah, I think – I said we should split the Indiana series, but Indiana has been a roller coaster because either they're injured or they have uh, you know no one scoring points or whatever. Trust me, I've, I've bet on the Pacers enough to the point where right. I'm kind of getting sick of betting on Mike's them. Mike's a Pacers expert at this point <laughs> just because of his betting. I, well, that's what I love. I love like looking at the analysis of each team, and I love doing player props. And I'm looking at like the projections, and I'm like, oh well, what, where's Malcolm Brogdon? Like, where are these guys? Oh, they're hurt. Right. They've been, I was like, yeah, it's crazy. So, 
I'm hoping that they can they can take both those games. If they split, okay. Um, but at the same time, Milwaukee, most likely a loss. I think that day they should possibly even give Russ a break. If you, if you think about it, that might be a strategic thing because, I mean, depending on who Milwaukee plays because, you know, they might have a seating in place or whatever – Think about giving Russ a break. He might not say he might yeah. say he might say you know screw off, but at the same time, I would think about giving Russ and Beal a break or something like that. Starting Neto and and Rui and stuff like that, and just kind of getting them a little bit more playing time and just giving those guys a break to to have this last stretch of trying yeah. to go in there. You really got to keep them fresh heading into the yeah. playoffs. So that would give them a nice you know two and a half day break pretty much until the Toronto series or a Toronto game and then the last one against Indiana on Saturday. So I don't know, man. I'm hoping that that, that Scott Brooks does something like that, but these guys just like to go out there and ball, and, and, and they don't like to take days off. I mean, that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, they don't. They don't. But, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, though. I, I like the idea of giving, especially Russ um, and Beal both, but, you know, especially Russ, just because of how hard he works, the triple-double machine, giving him a night off. Who do, uh, so we talked about the Caps as far as their upcoming games. Looks like they... It's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday schedule, it looks like. Yep, they got the Rangers on Monday, Rangers on Wednesday. So that's going to be two tough games, obviously, because the Rangers are still technically in it, but they kind of lost when the Isles just beat up on them uh, over this past week. So that really is is going to be a, a tall tale test. Or is that, that even a tall test? A tall, tall tale tall, test. Tall tale test. That's like something from Oregon <laughs> Trail or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. I kind of like went on there with like alliteration. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, the Rangers here is going to be, uh, going to be uh, tough because of the sole fact that the Rangers are going to be fighting tooth and nail. Uh, just to try to at least get these points and hope and and try to you know hold that last fingernail on the cliff, just uh, so to speak, uh, to sure. see if they can get in. Uh, the Flyers are also going to be on Friday and Saturday, so those are our back-to-back games. Uh, and I'm hoping that Ovechkin and those are home uh, because the good thing is the last three are home. So I'm hoping Ovechkin can possibly skip the Rangers series and come back the Flyers series and then the Boston one, so he can try to get his legs back under him. Because again. If you're hurt and you're like, okay, the playoffs are coming up, I'm going right back in it, and you've missed, say, 10 games, I mean, it's, you're going to be rusty. And you just need to shake up that rust against against right. a team that's already out. So that's what I'm hoping. But Flyers on Friday and Saturday, so we shall see. I'm hoping they can go at least 3-1. and one. Yeah, you'd love to get Ovi some reps because you don't want to be winded in the playoffs. Right. I mean, you don't want to be out of breath and out of shape uh, in, in, in the first playoff series. That's when teams catch you. And, the, and uh, so, yeah, we'll see about Ovi there. And then the Nats – Three home games against the Braves, some nice little division series there. And then three at the Yanks. They're going to travel to the Bronx and face a Yankees team that's been very up and down. Um, My Detroit Tigers got the Yankees back on track uh, (laughs) this past uh, weekend series here uh, and let Aaron Judge just tee off on Tigers pitching. So we'll kind of see the state of the Yankees when the Nats uh, play there. But first, got to get through these home games against the Braves. Um, a very good Braves team, but you got to love the fact that the Nats are coming off of uh, a three-game win streak. We're not going to touch too much on the Nats here today. We'll talk more about them next week. Um, but the Nats are currently 12-12, and 12, and I believe tied for first in the East. I think it's all based around win percentages mm-hmm. and things like that. So great turnaround from this team. They're at 500 now. Let's see if they can get above it. But these are going to be two tough series for sure. Let's get into the final lap, get some thoughts from Mike on some big stories in sports. Here we go. Oakland A's left-hander Jesus Lazardo breaks his hand while playing a video game, Mike. The biggest question is which game, because a lot of games piss us off. 100%. <laughs> which, which game would you break your hand playing? In? Oh, there's many of them. <laughs> sure, give me one. Give me one. FIFA. 
FIFA. All right, all right. Aaron Rodgers supposedly is intrigued by the idea of playing for the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they got to do something with Derek Carr first. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but at the same time, that's just all talk until it happens. Manchester United versus Liverpool. The match today was postponed. Fans, fans stormed Old Trafford. They stormed the gates, Mike. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> say, say Old Trafford a couple times. One more time. Old Trafford. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. For the first time <laughs> in 80 years, Michigan State did not have a player selected in the NFL draft. That's a lot of years. 80 years ago, Mike, where were you? I, 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 I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know what you want to consider it. Oh, and last but not least, for would Mike give up fast food and alcohol for a year for World Cup field passes, all-inclusive drinks, all-inclusive food, and we're, we're, we'll say... Passes for the semifinals and for the championship. So you get to see two games. Mm-hmm. Field passes. It's the World Cup. Right. Your I'll, I'll I'll include I'll add some extra things here, Mike. Oh, okay. Your your plane your plane tickets all comped, first class. You're going first class wherever the World Cup is. Um, you are yeah field passes. So you're right there on the field. Um, you also have have seats if you'd like to go sit down because i know you're t- you don't really like standing too long um <laughs> and uh you get uh yeah food and drinks all comped mike you know what i have to say no because i mean wow. last week's was so much better dude i love dude, world cup i love you love soccer i i i i, I would i wouldn't go that far um <laughs> i mean i like i like soccer i like watching you love soccer i like watching the champions league i would have loved you love the- old trafford i would have loved watching this you love the pitch Come on! I'm just waiting for you to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's very intriguing to see that and stuff like that. But I think that the the whole entire Augusta thing from last week was better. We're, we're now now we just went down a rung, Ben, and the, the last down a rung. Yeah, I'm gonna take a it's sip. It's the I'm, World Cup. I'm gonna take a sip of this Corona Extra just in spite of this question. It's the World Cup. It's literally <sighs> the the one of the greatest. Some of the greatest soccer that you can ever see. Right. Now, you'll never see the, the U.S. in the finals at all, but you can go see Argentina. You can see England play. You can see Brazil. You can see the greatest soccer teams in the world right. compete at the highest level from the field, Mike. You can wave to, I, I can't even name a famous soccer. There's a guy, Hulk. Wasn't that a guy in Brazil? I believe so, um, yes. Yeah, that's the one player to, you come up with is, is yeah, Hulk. You, you, you can wave to Hulk, um, and uh, and yeah, and the, and the, that lefty guy, uh, Messi. Messi, yeah, can, the, the lefty. That's what they call him, the lefty guy. Yeah, you can wave to Messi. You can say, "What's up, Mess?" Um, and uh, wow, okay, so I thought this was a much better option than the Masters one, but okay. Here's the thing. So I love, like I said, I mean, I will say I love soccer. I love the Champions League. I would have loved the Super League. Uh, I liked watching DC United every now and then when they're, when they're relevant. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, soccer is, you know, an up and down for me. I love the World Cup because it's so competitive and, you know, I'm Italian. The only so soccer I'm, I watch is yeah. the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I watch it. I watch, I mean, Italy, I'm, I'm, I'm part Italian, so I, so I like watching Italy and stuff like that. I root for them and I root Saroni. for the Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I, have a, I had a funny story back in the day where a substitute teacher came in and said, so are you Italian? And I was like, and I was like third grade, so I was like, uh, I think. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, and, and she and she was like, oh yeah, I think I know some of your family over in Italy. I was like, I don't, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I just, yeah, I, you know, I was like, thanks, the, the Cerrone. Thanks. Can, yeah, can you yeah, can, can you just you know go on with the the, the class roster here <laughs> besides talking to me about my family history? Um, but uh, yeah, th- definitely that it was a good one. It was a good one. Okay, not the best, right. but the Masters one was better because if I could play with say Tiger or something like that, now we're, now we're getting somewhere. All right, fine, fine. You know what? I'll 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 accept. I'll accept it, but you do have a trivia question for us. Yes, me, so we have a new little t- tidbit at the end, a little tidbit. So Ben has okay. this whole entire question for me, and uh, my mother, my lovely mother, gave me this this packet. Let me uh, let me bring it up. It's called "You Gotta Know Washington Sports Trivia Game." Ooh, okay. little uh, little electric guitar there. I like that. Yeah, and yeah. it says the ultimate trivia game for the Washington DC sports fans. So this is a DC crossover, and Ben is more so a 50-50 DC and Detroit guy. So I said, you know what? Yeah, let's this uh, is gonna be ugly. Let's give Ben something. Well, you got the first one right when we texted, so that's good. So okay. this first question that I will ask. My hands are up, by the way. I'm not researching. He's anything. not researching, guys. Yeah. I'm not gonna cheat. What Redskins quarterback? And I can say Redskins because oh, that God. it was then. Finished. Patrick Ramsey. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, once you get the year, you're not gonna you're not gonna say Patrick Ramsey. Oh God! Finished with the most interceptions thrown in franchise history when he retired in 1952. What the hell is this question? Do you want to pass? I have, yeah, I have, another, I have pass. another one. I have another one. that's a little easier. Yeah, Sonny uh, Jurgensen. I don't know. No, Sammy Ball. Uh, but anyways, okay. I thought that one was okay. So now now I'm getting I'm getting more information yeah. on how much you would know. Yeah, so Redskins stuff. I'm not gonna know. Again, this is Washington D.C. sports, so it should have right, different. Right. So this one, right. this is another uh, uh, D.C. Uh, football team one. After okay. buying his way out of Washington in 2006, Lavar Arrington finished his NFL Ooh. career playing only six games for what NFC East team? So this, oh, th- this is a great question. This is a great question. There you go. Only and I, I may not know the answer to it, but I'm thinking. I'm only thinking. three choices, so you got. But I think. 30, yeah, exactly. 30% I, I have a 30 percent chance. Um, LeVar Arrington, where did he go after the game? Only played six, first of all, six games. First of all, I'm going to ask, did you know this like right off the bat? Yes. I, I, on this, on this card, you're a super there's, fan. There's four four questions. I got three right. One of them was a Caps okay. one that had some Russian guy's name. I had no idea. All right, so I'm thinking through this right now. So we have, I mean, I know the options, obviously. Yeah, you know the options. There you go. I know it's either the Giants, I know it's the Eagles, or the Cowboys. <laughs> it's one of those three. Um, and we're narrowing, I don't. We're down. I don't imagine Lavar playing for the Eagles. I don't picture that in my mind. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take that one out. Um, for some reason, I'm thinking. I'm. I'll just go with my gut. And I've got the buzzer ready. If I'm wrong, I'm going with my gut. I'm gonna say the New York Giants. Correct. Wow. He was with the New York wow. Giants. Wow. There, there, the there you go. There you go. There's a little <laughs> coin. Like... Well done, me. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right. Stop. All right, all right. All right. There you go. That's a lot of coins. Um, okay. Yes. The New York Giants was the team he went to, but he only played six games for them. And wow. Okay. One and oh. One and oh. Yep. One and oh. Well, we'll see. Did you know the answer, people? If you did, let us know. And Mike will be bringing that sort of trivia every single episode now. We'll, we'll, we'll be, because I test you on some things, I want you to test me, Mike, um, on the teams that I don't really know that well. Yeah, well Before we wrap up the show, <laughs> we'll finish off with the money line. Um, and uh, unfortunately, bad week for me. I went zero and two. Um, not a good one. Mike went one and one. You've been hanging. You've been playing five hundred ball Ooh. all season here. You're, you're five and five. I'm three and seven. I really need a big comeback week here. Um, so we, Mike and I, each give a lock and we give an upset. And so far, if you've been following our advice, you've probably lost some money. <laughs> um, my lock for the week. 
I'm going Wings over Columbus on Friday. Blue Jackets, not a great team. Wings, not a great team. But the Wings are better than Columbus. Wings are going to win this game on Friday. Verona's playing well. Yeah. I will say the Snake, Jake the Snake, Jake the looking snake. pretty good. Um, my upset, I'm going Cavs over Blazers on Wednesday, specifically because of your lock. Yeah, exactly. And that's the funny thing is that Ben texted me today and said, hey, man, I just need your picks. And then I clicked on it, and I was like, you son of a B. Because <laughs> he was trying to gain picks on me. So he ended up taking the Cavs over the Blazers. My lock is the Blazers and Dame over the Cavs on Wednesday. Right. So Wednesday is going to be a, a, a fun day. Big night. Fun big day. Night. Big night. And then my upset is the Stars. The Dallas Stars and Jamie Benn beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be an upset. Okay. We'll see. Stars are still fighting for a playoff spot, and uh, Tampa is pretty much in. So uh, I'm hoping that Dallas, a former uh, cup finalist from last year, can take it to Tampa and try to keep their hopes alive. I guess we'll see. Wednesday, big night. Big night for us in the picks. Um, before we wrap up the show, final thoughts and things like that, I did see – the DC United played last night at 11 p.m. was their start time for their game. I did not watch the game. I know they lost. Or were they in Europe? Not... <laughs> uh, they were in uh, California, I think. And they, lo- I think they were San Jose. I think they're playing the Earthquake, right? Isn't that the name of that team? That seems a little insensitive. Earthquakes. To name the team the Earthquakes? Aren't I, they the? I don't think it's the. Earth- wasn't it like uh, San Jose. San Jose. Earthquakes. Earthquakes. That's their name. Okay. Yeah, that seems a little, a little insensitive, right? Because <laughs> like. People well, the, die from earthquakes. Well, the best thing is, is, is the MLS has like some of the best names, like the Portland right. Timbers. Like it's like, yeah, there's some great names out there. DC United, kind of boring. Yeah, oh. I don't, I don't love the name, but there, there's some history there. I mean, they were, they were one of the older teams in the league, but yeah, currently eighth in the Eastern Conference at one and two right now. DC United, uh, not great. I, they will play next against Columbus on Saturday at one thirty. The if crew, the Columbus crew. That is, I, I lied earlier when I said I don't watch any soccer. I do try and watch DC United. Now I'm not able to watch DC United because they're they're blacked out in every single app <laughs> and every single region. So I, I'll follow on my phone like a peasant. But I do watch DC United. I do root for the local soccer team for sure. And Mike and I are Loudon United's number one supporter. Oh yeah, Segra Field. My, uh, my my niece actually plays over the, over there on uh, Saturdays for uh, Loudon Soccer or something or another. She plays over sure. there on like one of the separate practice fields. She's in first yeah. grade, so you know whatever. But at the same time, uh, I pass by Segra Field and I, and I just go like I, you know put my hand up. I'm there saying, hey, home team guys. I was looking at their jerseys for this season on the shop. Uh, they're discounted now, Mike. Seventy five bucks. I mean. They uh they look pretty good. They look pretty good. I don't I don't know. I was thinking about buying the Loudon United jersey. I was thinking about it. I'm se- not going 70, to do it. Seventy bucks. Seventy seventy five bucks. Ooh, I think. Yeah. Um, a little steep for your boy here. I know. I mean, it's you think it's steep for you. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> steep for me, man. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll 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 keep. I'll let you know if I see any good gear. Thank you. That I feel like we should buy. Oh, I found Team a uh, I found a site. By the way, so a friend gave me a site, which I'm sure you already have one of those sites that you know gives you those uh, quote unquote discounted jerseys. Seventy five bucks for this. Ooh, that's actually not that bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> what kind of website? What kind of website are you talking? A about? website that you know has like thirty dollar you know cap sweaters oh. or something like that. You know, oh, like Alibaba or whatever. Whatever it is, I don't know. I have, You're I, gonna I, send I, me to Alibaba and buy the, well, I, the weirdly stitched one. Well, with the mistakes. Well, my, my my girlfriend has a Jake Gensel jersey, and she was over here on the night they played, and she and she just right. left it over here, and I was like, I don't want a Pittsburgh thing in my closet. No. So, but no, I looked no at it, and, she, and it's actually a pretty nice jersey, and she said she got it for thirty five bucks. 
Okay. She said, hey, I don't fault took, anybody it for... It took four years to get here, but... Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it went from overseas. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Uh, all right, Mike, before we wrap up, any final little thoughts here? Any tidbits from you for the fans at home? Tidbits, a little betting update. I've lost now, including my baseball bet today, my baseball parlay. I've lost five straight parlays by one leg. Uh, so... Not not too great. Not too not not feeling too great about that. The Lakers had a ten point lead uh, against I forgot who it was. Maybe the the Kings a few nights ago, and I could have cast that one out for one hundred and ten bucks. It would have felt nice. And I was like, <laughs> I'd rather have that extra ten bucks. It was like one hundred twenty payout. And then of course the the Kings ended up coming back and beating the Lakers because they laid a dud, they laid an egg in the fourth quarter, and I ended up losing that one. While I went to bed and I woke up next morning, a little bit salty, a little bit salt on the pretzel. A little bit salty. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry to hear about the legs of your parlay. <laughs> we're all we're, we're all really upset <laughs> about that. Ah, uh, that is Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover. Stay tuned, by the way, to our social media because we have some some big things cooking. Mike and I had a meeting today. We're not going to tell you with who. We're not going to tell you about what. But just know that it affects the future of this show. And it's 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 almost, I'd say, contender level uh, information as far as what, what is what is coming. Because remember, we made the contender announcement on this show. By the way, you can find us on the contender. I, I guess we didn't mention that at the beginning. The contender.com, contender with a K. Mike and I, we our show streams live on there. We'll, we also talk about it on our Twitter, too. But um, we got some big news coming. I'll, I'll just say that. So stay tuned to the social medias because we may have some announcements coming there. Uh, things are in the works. Mike and I are busy men, and we're trying to uh, improve the show, improve the experience for you fans. And we got some some things cooking. Mike. Cooking. We got on the we got stove. The, cooking. We got the mac and cheese on the stove. We're about to pour in the little cheese and the butter Ooh. and the milk and mix it all together. Um, and uh, and maybe pour a little sprinkle of hot sauce on there. Yeah, maybe a little and, bit of my uh, salt for my parlays. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of salt. Uh, you got to give it some flavor. Um, and yeah, stay tuned to that. That is Mike Serrano and Ben Simpson. We will see you next week uh, on Mother's Day. So oh. shout out to you moms oh, out there, there that you listen go. to this show. That'll be next week. And I get my second uh, vaccine dose that day, too. Ooh. So we'll see how I'm doing for the show. Uh, we'll see you guys. This has been another episode of DC. Have a good one.